Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Mina Kimes of the worldwide leader in sports is going to be joining us in studio this hour. So much to talk about in the National Football League going into week. Baker's dozen. You'll never believe the top story uh, on the Twitterverse right now involving the National Football League. (laughs) To kick off hour number two, let's do it. Let's do it. Because it has been pile-on Russ season in 2022 it has been when russell wilson arrived in denver you know my my afc west takes have been a little awry this year admittedly (laughs) the las vegas raiders nowhere near uh the top of the standings although they're playing very 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 well right now playing very very well right now they are yeah yeah and in the last second of the game well, they they they've won two in a row. Um, so, admittedly, I must say that. Uh, on the flip side, when everyone's going crazy about the Broncos, just add Russ. The uh, the G the J A R just add Russ. <laughs> I, I I was pumping the brakes on that. I was saying, I said I need to see it to believe it. I need to see it to believe it. And then came the uh, schedule comes out and zero chill from the NFL. <laughs> So Schedulers, zero chills by throwing him in Seattle in, in week one. And I thought, man, um, put 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 Russ in Los Angeles. I thought that was going to be the kickoff game for the Rams. You know, you, you raise the banner, you get the rings, and you bring Russ in in his first game as a Denver Bronco on national television. Yes, but against the Rams, you know, a team that he faced two years, two times a year for all those years. And I think the league might have wished to have reversed it right now because that Rams-Broncos game sitting there on Christmas Day in the middle of the day is the proverbial lump of NFL scheduling coal right now. Brutal. Because that week one game in which Denver went to Seattle, and by the way, that might have been Russ's best game of the year under the circumstances. And the way the offense was moving and in the red zone and both running backs who aren't even active right now, one not active, one not even on the team anymore, fumble inside the five. And that was when we were first introduced to Nathaniel Hackett's um, coaching, readiness, acumen, however you want to put it, when he decided to play for a game-winning 90-million-yard field goal. (laughs) Instead of letting Russ cook in his first opportunity back in Seattle, first opportunity is a Denver Bronco, and then one after another after another hit would come on the field of one game where after another in which the offense was stagnant or um, even worse, looking incompetent is the only word that you could use. Really? You're Point not, blank. You're not wrong. That first game, he had 340 yards and a touchdown and a 101 passer rating. And I thought, like, okay, it, if not for those fumbles, at least we're seeing the offense is going to be good. I mean, he didn't fumble on the goal line. They, and then it went off a cliff. Yeah. And prior to that, seeing Russ and the videos that came out of him that the Broncos, I guess, put together of him in front of a green screen and saying, Broncos country, let's ride – and then him constantly using right. those phrases uh, at the podium after games in which the team lost and the offense looked completely anemic. Him standing in the middle of the, the field and with his eyes closed 
With and, and twirling around like Creed, you know, twirling around, <laughs> and it has been pile on Ross here. It really has been, yeah. and 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 the record and the record, um, is is absolutely worthy of criticizing any quarterback. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter who it is. Three and eight. When you sign for as much money as Russ has signed for in Denver. And then you saw in going to three and eight, losing to Carolina on their interim head coach and their third different starting quarterback of the year, Baker Mayfield, then PJ Walker, and then Baker again. And now Sam Darnold's ready. And Matt Rule, we spoke to yesterday, is now the head coach of Nebraska Cornhusker football. I mean, talk about a total dumpster fire of a of a season they lose to that team and Mike Purcell the defensive tackle on the team is just comes off the field and barks at Russ and in this day and age you got to be careful about that sort of business right I mean Des Bryant is the perfect example Des would be going up and down the sideline and yelling and screaming I'm like, oh, how disruptive is he and then the the actual you know um, him up. the the actual the mic up sound. The right. The, the actual NFL transcript films, of what he's yeah. saying is all trying to get his team mm-hmm. going. Yep. So you got to be careful about that sort of stuff. But even Chris Long came on this program, and he is a guy who doesn't traffic in the hot taken, and he's a two-time defending Super Bowl champion. He's just like, of course it will you as angry. He's like, we're talking about how Russ isn't the same Russ and how the contract may be suddenly one of the worst deals in the history of the, uh, of the league. That's what we've been talking about. His contract is the worst contract maybe in the history of the league you're seeing right now. So, of course, they're angry with Russ and maybe not buying in on it. Why am I bringing this all up right now? Yeah, Rich. Mike Kliss, who covers the Denver sports scene for a very long time, he tweets out about 15 minutes ago, there's been some gossip about Russell Wilson standing in the locker room. Here's some context. Per source, Wilson's wife, Ciara, threw him a birthday party last night and, quote, it looked like about half the team was there on a player's day off. Why do people have to be so hurtful? Question mark, he puts out there. I mean, the knives are out, and we're not even, for them, uh, on game 12. 11 games in, and everything is being parsed. I mean, this is a man who doesn't traffic in this sort of rumor-mongering, but he did throw it out there. I mean, that is as rumor-mongering as you can possibly get, and the knives are out, and it's just like, you know, who, what was the name of the quarterback from draft day? Right? Oh, yeah, Bo, right? I mean, it's what yeah. we're talking about. Like, you know, nobody comes to his bowling party. Nobody comes to his birthday party. Yeah, but we're talking 53 people. If you got half, that's 27 people. That's that's a – if you if half of your guest list shows up to your party – Yeah, but uh, – TJ, TJ, if I'm throwing – like, I'm the quarterback around here, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm throwing a birthday party. You don't show up. Because you got something else to do, you already have something going on. You're out uh, because you, you on your one day off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that a- Ashton invited you to the barn. Uh, you well, know what I mean? You don't go to the barn, though. Of course. But if you don't show up, you might have a reason for not showing up. 
correct? Yeah. And now suddenly somebody's out there calling up somebody who covers sports TV or whatever and saying, Yo, even, not, even, not even half of the Rich Eisen show crew is at Rich Eisen's That's birthday different. party? There's eight, there's 11 of us. Like There's fifth. also grown men who have wives and children, whatever, and they're one off day in the middle of a season. Yeah, so they just come back from Carolina, so they don't want to go to Russ's exactly. birthday party. So you're kind of proving the point. Like right. That's a lot of people to show up for, for a birthday party on your day of. I don't know. I mean, you, it, it, it's written like it's bad, but I don't think that's bad. You're but not somebody get is saying that people. it's bad. Somebody it's is telling. Bad. I mean, not a good look. It's. I don't think it's bad. You don't. I don't know. What, Chris? You expected all fifty-three to show up? Like, no, no, that's, no. I don't think they, I but mean, you would have heard like, "Hey, Russ, through this banging birthday party, not everybody can make it, but it was still a great time." No, this is. Yo, nobody came to this birthday party. If what people is are Nathan- talking like that, what is Nathaniel Hackett thinking right now? Do you think? He's thinking, I hope I'm I think that's Because if you're going to take a look, if you take a look at that Purcell video, if it is angry, if he is telling Russ, cut the, you know, whatever, oh, who knows whatever the transcript of it is, but it is something that is angry and, and, and a, talking to him in a manner in which probably no Seattle Seahawk ever spoke to him. Maybe in his entire tenure there. The Purcell statement soliloquy, whatever it was, one-way ticket message was said right in front of the head coach. Right in front of him. Look at that video. He doesn't even bat an eye. So maybe it wasn't that bad because he didn't turn around and go, hey, you know, whatever. Or maybe Nathaniel Hackett's just... It's like, you take care of it. I don't know what the hell's happening there because something's happening in that locker room and stuff's getting out and being spun and being tweeted that is so off the charts right now towards Russell Wilson. And the Broncos traded so much to get him and spent so much on him. Hey, folks in Denver. Hey, locker room around him. He's going nowhere. He needs to be rehabilitated, okay? Like, he's not 40 and being shoved out the door. He's not somebody who can suddenly get pushed out the door because of whatever's happening in the locker room suddenly is so untenable. He's going nowhere because let's just even say – Let's just even entertain. Let's just talk about this elephant that's clearly in the room that's rampaging all over the place right now. Let's just say and entertain the idea that the Broncos sit around, okay, that they sit down, the brass sits down if they're allowed to stay, the ownership group sits down from the team president to Commissioner Goodell. They all sit down. And they go, what a monster, massive mistake this is. Mm -hmm. Coach has got to go. GM's got to go. We got to clear this whole damn thing out. Russ has to go. Russ has to. Like, let's just say they come out of that meeting. Russ has to go. Do you think they're getting anywhere back the value? Like, what would Russ go for in a trade right now with this contract coming off of this performance? Like a fifth round. Dude, not even remotely (laughs) in the galaxy 
of what Seattle just got for one him. one pick. So he's on day going <laughs> nowhere. So whoever's whispering about Russ's VIP list or his RSVP list, more specifically, whoever's got that knife out for him, you're just bleed make making him bleed because he ain't bleeding out. Whatever your goal is to try and embarrass him or clown him or whatever, you might be the one needing to change your address because he's not changing an address. Yeah, Rich, so just looking at Russ's contract. Right? Get out of he here. He still has his 23 salary and 24 salary and bonuses fully guaranteed. The Broncos really can't get out of this deal until 2026. Yeah, he's going nowhere. So you better go to his birthday party if you want to hang out in Denver. <laughs> also, he- it's a $25 million house. Wouldn't you want to go see? And by the way, TJ, hold on a second. Ciara uh-huh. is there. Stop Stop That's my point. Hey, Del Tufo. Stop First it. of all, let's be honest. The 49th through 53 Stop men it. on the roster, they ain't getting invited to Ciara's party, not right? Yet. Yeah, I'm sorry. But nope. you're Yo, just not getting the, invited. Do I, are we, is next week going to break down who on the practice squad was there? Yeah, let, only, only 30% of the practice squad showed up. That's how unpopular Russ is in the locker room. You know, he maybe look. He didn't expect I, the whole team. Do you blame the him for long snappers look, not getting no, an invite to see her? The whole business, the whole the whole business of scream run, scream pass. I'm a leader and all that stuff that a lot of people think is fake or needs to be made fun of. It's a little too much. All of that's yeah. maybe a little bit too much. Great, but that's who he is. Right. The let Broncos country. Let's ride. No matter if you've. Missed on 30 passes? That's who he is. The Danger Russ sandwich? All of this stuff. This is who he is. You don't like it? Get out. Because he's going nowhere. Whoever is whispering about his RSVP list, let's call it what it is. They will change the coach, the general manager, and the roster before they change him right now. And you're not going to change him in hits to who he is. But what he is is no longer the guy who showed up in week one with those stats. It's terrible. Not even close. I saw a stat. He was the 33rd ranked quarterback last week. Out of only 32 started, people. (laughs) Well, they can't all look. You can't all be Mike White, man. (laughs) They all can't be Mike White. Get the fur coat. (laughs) So again, whoever's agenda is is to clown Russ. Guess what? You might be the one with the red nose on. Let's take a break. Mina Kimes is joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. So much to talk about. I once got invited to Pink's birthday party. Speaking Dude, of female stop pop it. stars, you know, wow. party, I'm just right? saying. You, wow. probably, it was you, were, you, were, you were probably invited wow. to Russ's party. <laughs> I went roller skating with Pink. No, you were hanging out with me. Well, last night, it, yeah. or this was Monday night. <laughs> This was years ago. Is what I don't know. Day off Tuesday. I went to Pink's oh, last Tuesday. birthday party. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Didn't go to Russ's house birthday party on a day uh, off. He must be unpopular. Guess what? We know he's unpopular already. His defensive tackle barked at him. Or he could have been Come trying on. to hype him up. Like, let's right. go. Let's, let's take let's a break. Go. Mina Kimes here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. Back on the Rich Eisen Show from uh, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports and NFL Live and so much more. Mina Kimes is here. So do uh, you want to chime in on the the Russ story about his... Uh, Birthday gate? I mean, I, what, what's your take on the Broncos? Mina? Oh, my gosh. Go I know oh. that's, a very, that's a very large macro way to go about it. But, okay. but what do you got for me? Well, first, I want to start with the birthday thing. If we were talking about this before, mm-hmm. if even like five people I know come to a party I'm throwing, right. I'm thrilled. Half of a football team is a lot of people. So that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why people are citing that as though like he's unpopular. I do think we'll talk about the football stuff in a second. It feels a little bit like people are piling on Russell Wilson because having followed his career very closely, mm-hmm. obviously, in yes. Seattle, he's always been the same guy. He's just not playing now. So it feels like, you know, and this is not uncommon in sports, the knives are out once the performance dips. But it, it kind of bothers me a little bit, the sense of the the piling on, I guess. I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm a softy. I mean, how do you feel about well, it? Uh, uh, look, if, if, if the worst is that he is uh, a dork. Putting on airs or anything oh, like that. Okay, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, right? I mean, honestly, <laughs> at some point, it's like we get it. You don't like the guy, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, so so what? You know, like the issue is, is he his team has signed him to a, yes. a ton of money. Because okay. that is that, and and the, well, the issue is if he is unpopular in his own locker room, and and the team signed him to a ton of money. Yeah, and the draft choices that they have given up for him are now something that they need to help yeah. rebuild because they are so incredibly valuable based on their 
incessant losing, that's a problem. Certainly if the coach might not be the guy either. So it's a, it's about rehabilitating Russ's career at this point in time in Denver. Yeah, they Period. should be skipping George Payton's party, not Russell Wilson's party, because he's the one who did that contract. Um, and, and look, I, I didn't see this much of a decline in performance coming, but the last two years in Seattle were not great. And this was, I think we're seeing why the Seahawks were willing to move on from Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, there's some interpersonal stuff as well, but um, really for about a couple of years, you saw some pretty inconsistent performance. I think him forcing the ball downfield to decline mobility. That's all just been turned up to 11 now in Denver. And they're a lot, they're married to him because of the contract extension, not just because of what they gave up in the trade. And it does feel like they've got to find a coach who's willing to take the job, which is not that attractive because they are married to him and hope that at least they can get some improvement because it's not been great. Well, you know how it works in the, in the NFL, you know, that uh, there, there's always a coach who says, I can fix that person. There's always that coach. There has to be somebody who looks at Russell Wilson's game and says, I can do something with that. There has to be, and it could be Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel yeah. like at this point in time, that that whatever is simmering in that locker room. I mean, Mike Purcell barked at Russ, yeah. whether it was, you know, um, one of those that we look up from our couch and say, that looks awful, but he might have been just like, let's go. Who knows? That was right in front of the coach. He was literally right in front of Nathaniel Hackett. And so if this keeps simmering, it has to be on the coach to, to button it up and tamp it down. Yeah, he seems to not really... I don't want to speculate, but he's most likely to be the the scapegoat. I wouldn't say scapegoat because I actually think he deserves a lot of criticism for you know Mm. game management and play calling and whatnot. But I'll push. I don't think this is an attractive coaching job as well. I know there's always a coach who says I can fix him, especially when there's a young player and a coach thinks, well, he's clay. I could mold him. Russell Wilson's not clay. He is who he is, and that's why I think I, I was really confused. Before the season, when there was some, I guess, hope that, oh, okay, he's going to be paired with Nathaniel Hackett. It's going to be a different kind of offense. We're going to see a different Russ. Russell Wilson plays Russell Wilson football. Uh, And a lot of coaches are not drawn to that because um, he plays outside of structure. He always has. He's not a very schedule guy. He's not a coachable quarterback. And I, and I, I have to say, I don't think many coaches, at least many of the more appealing candidates will be drawn to that job. So you, if you were a head coach or counseling head coach, you'd say, take Carolina first. You would go. I would rather. Yeah, I would. I, I don't, I mean, wouldn't you, I mean, I the opportunity to mold a young quarterback, you got some young pieces there across the team. Expectations are fairly low because it's a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Mina Kimes here on the Rich Eisen show. So uh, I, I don't think uh, John Schneider and Carroll in their wildest yeah. dreams would have thought the first rounder, the first first rounder that they would use on Russ. Um, well, obviously they, they used one this past time, but the next first rounder that they would use on Russ would be top five. I Oof. mean, top five. Oof. And I know that they've lost two in a row and I saw them in Munich and I was really surprised at the result yeah. after seeing them and interviewing them and how they were bouncing off the walls and we're feeling great. Uh, and then losing to the the Raiders at home. What what do you what what's your take on on the uh, the Seahawks and and the NFC West as it currently stands right now? You know, with the Seahawks, obviously they've surpassed expectations no matter what. Geno Smith, who I think was on last time I was here, and yeah. you got him to coin "Let's work" as a phrase. That's which right. I Let's feel work. Like that should really take off. Yeah. Hashtag. 
Um, that's something we learned this season that Gino kind of has bars. He has uh, a lot of good catchphrases. What you should also look, Chris, is when is his birthday? We'll check on his RSVP list yeah, to see how many Seahawks show up. I bet a lot. <laughs> he seems really popular. More, more than he Russ's seems party? really well liked. Um, but yeah, no, I, the offense I think is, is you know, I don't think Gino's regressed. Obviously, he's had a couple of turnovers in the last couple of weeks, some of which were not his fault. But I think we've still seen reasonably high-level play from him. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's really the defense that's been up and down, which anyone could have predicted coming into the season because there were so many holes. There's, it's a very young defense. There's going to be ups and downs. It looks like they had kind of made some adjustments after about week four or so and improved, uh, especially the run defense. Now you're seeing a bit of a dip, so I think it's going to be you know incumbent upon that staff to get that side of the ball back in order, get right opportunity against, of course, a Rams offense that probably won't even have Matthew Stafford. But, um, you know, they're, they're a wild card contender. Yes. And I think that's any Seahawks fan should be happy with that. Well, certainly Seinfeld going into the season is now we're entering week number 13. Mina Combs from NFL Live. How's your podcast doing as well? It's fun. Yeah. It's good. We're two times a week now, Mina oh. Kimes show. Okay, very good. Yeah. Very good. Everyone should check that out right here on the Rich Eisen show, Mina Kimes in studio. So, who was your Super Bowl prediction going into we the season? We had the same one. We did. Uh, so, Bills versus the Bucks. Yeah. Um, uh, on on my uh, weekly show on NFL Network, Game Day Morning, on Thanksgiving, they allowed me a mulligan. I took it. Ooh. Yeah, every Thanksgiving show, we're allowed a mulligan from our preseason pick. I okay. took it. I went, got off of Bills and Bucks and went on Chiefs and Niners. I was just about to say that. Look what is us. with this? Look at us. Wow, look at you. This, I, is, I, this is us. Literally, right you're, right I, when you said mulligan, yeah. and I was thinking, my was like, okay, what's my game? Okay. So did you choose the Niners or the Chiefs to win it? Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. I went yeah. the other way. Okay, well. I went the other way. I just can't, you can't quit, quit that, man. Kyle Shanahan, and I can't quit McCaffrey's addition. Yeah. And then I also love what the defense is doing. Oh. If they stay healthy, Incredible. they can really just take down anybody. And that's the thought I have about getting past the Eagles as well. Jalen yeah. Hurts, your, your reigning offensive player of the week in the NFC, what he just did was just spectacular. And and he is an MVP candidate for sure. But I, that's that's where I'm standing well, right now on that front. I think it's a tough matchup, too, for the Eagles, not just with, to talk about the defense, yes. but the Eagles' weakness, as we've seen in the last few weeks, have been stopping the run. So you, the fact that the Niners and the Cowboys are the two you know, foremost competitors in the NFC is not great for them, even with Jordan Davis coming back. Um, I just... This Niners defense, I'm, first of all, this week against Miami, oh my God. I know, like, right? Why is that not in prime time? It's infuriating it to is, me. As a matter of fact, it is on Sunday night, isn't it? No. Is it? No, no, no. It's, oh, that's it's right. uh, afternoon Colts game. Oh, that's right. That's right. My yeah. bad. Colts, Cowboys. My bad. Um, but I just <laughs> love watching them so much. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, it's just, it reminds me a little bit actually of the Super Bowl Eagles where it's just waves of dudes. Every defensive lineman who comes and plays for Chris Kisarek in that defense suddenly has like this rebirth of his career. They get Eric Armstead back, hopefully this week. And then behind them, I don't think enough people are talking about the season that Fred Warner is having. Um, Just, I mean, he's always been one of the best middle linebackers of football, playing out of his mind. So to have him manning the middle of against the field against a Dolphins offense this week that specializes in middle of the field throws. I mean, you can't ask for a better matchup than that. Yeah, McDaniel bringing this team in. And it's getting spicy. Have you been following a little bit of the... Go for it. So uh, I think it was... I don't want to misattribute this, but I think it was Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. who... Oh, that's right. Ty Dunn quoted him 
saying being a little bit chippy about leaving San Francisco. And then there's been some chirps back and forth between, you know, but he said he hasn't, he hasn't, that, I, now I know what you're uh, picking up on what you're saying. He said he wasn't being, um, he was his sort of backpedaling back a little bit about Jimmy G and all that stuff. The, it's out, it's out of the cage now. And you're getting, you're getting little chippy quotes between both sides. And this is a great matchup. And I don't think anybody saw the, 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 uh, the, the Dolphins having the better record. And um, and and Tua looking the way that he's looked going into this game. Nobody saw that one coming either. It's just know? such a great styles make fights kind of matchup too, because yes. these offenses and some, they share the same DNA, but they've gone in like two totally different directions in terms of yards after the catch and the way that offense and, and the way the quarterbacks what they're asked to do. And it's just so exciting. So I'll give you the here's a sports talk radio conversation. For, <laughs> we don't we don't have the topic bar at the bottom that you might be used to on ESPN. Uh, but uh, the the team that's on the outside, uh, uh, not not a division leader right now, uh, one would say um, that that has the best chance to make it. The Dolphins or the Bengals? Who would you choose right now? Oh, are the Dolphins not in the? Well, they, lead? they, they have they have a piece okay. right now. What do you got I would go me? with the Dolphins, although I I really love what the Bengals have been doing. The Bengals have the hardest schedule I think in the NFL remaining, which is we got the Chiefs this week too. Going to, yeah, that's going to be really challenging. I really like some of the adjustments they've made. I thought the defense, in particular, against Tennessee was spectacular. But the Dolphins' offense right now is just something new. Right. Like I, you've watched a lot of football. Mm-hmm. I mean, the combination of those two wide receivers with this scheme and then a quarterback um, with who has total faith in the scheme and makes those anticipatory throws over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. It just feels like new to me. And I just I, I think they're about to go into a really difficult stretch. and They're going to be tested in a way they haven't been over the last few weeks. Yes. But I just think that combination, that speed, all of it is just so hard to defend. Yeah, I have the schedules right here. I mean, it gets would, tough. We've been talking the about the, the, the six-week yeah. stretch yeah. that Tua will have to finish and the Dolphins yeah. will have to finish with that this is where rubber meets road, including three road games in a row. So they got San Francisco, then they come down just up the road here to take on the Chargers. That's just been flexed into the latest example of what Denver has wrought, that they, uh, NBC says, yeah, we'll take the <laughs> Mahomes game off our schedule. Um, oh, that's now been flexed into a Sunday night game. And then the uh, Miami Dolphins have got a visit to Buffalo to try and sweep the Buffalo Bills before a Christmas Day game against the Packers at New England home for the Jets. That's pretty tough. And then you take a look at the Bengals' remaining schedule. I, I mean, would you say it's tougher? You got at you got home for Kansas City, home for Cleveland, the Battle of Ohio. Uh, we all know that Cleveland just absolutely tricked them instead of the treat on fa- on Halloween night. See what I did just there? Uh, at Tampa, at New England, home for Buffalo, home for Baltimore. Ooh, both tough. It's tough. I, I think both are playoff teams, though, regardless. And I think whoever makes it through better is the more ready for for, for January. Well, that's what, what I like. Say? That's what I like about the Bengals is that I feel like they're so battle-tested right now. Like, getting through this this stretch yeah. without Jamar Chase. And you've seen the offense really evolve a lot over the course of the season. We talked about this in my podcast this week. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bengals' struggles against cover two, Tampa two at the beginning of the season were well-documented. Those Goal balls just weren't there. The offensive line was struggling. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. It was also siloed. And you've seen like Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor just kind of like evolve a little bit week to week. And against Tennessee, you saw it wasn't really airing it out against those defensive looks, but he was willing to take what was given to him. He wasn't pressured those that much. And then when the deep shots of Tekens opened up the sideline, he took them in the second half. And I watched that. I was like, oh, man. 
this Bengals team is actually better than they were last season. They got a little lucky last season with injuries and competition, but this this version, they've kind of been through the fire, and I think they're going to come out on the other side better for it. And prior to the Tennessee game, uh, the NFL Network research staff, the crack staff there, came out with a a graphic that we put up on the screen on, on NFL game day morning on Sunday is that this Bengals team and last year's Bengal team through 10 games, same record, same points per game that they score. I mean, literally same offensive yeah. touchdowns, almost, almost the same points per game allowed. They have the same base through 10 games this year as they had last year. So it's entirely possible they can go on that run. And, of course, that run last year did start with a home victory against the Chiefs, and that's who they have this week. It is kind of wild how much we're overlooking them, but nobody saw the Dolphins coming. I mean, the AFC the AFC is somewhat, you could say, wide open. Mina Kimes here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who is your coach of the year right now? Who would you say is your coach of the year? You know, this is always a weird award because it's often just like who turned around their team the most, who came in with the lowest, which I think is why Brian Dable was leading for a lot of people. Um, But you can also give it to the coach of who seems to be like have the most impact. And for me, that's probably Mike McDaniel right now. Um, And it goes beyond scheme, although I love watching their offense. Like I I am eating every clip that comes out Mm -hmm. where it's him talking about Tua or vice versa. I just eat it up, uh, I, I, you know, because I think it captures like the other side of coaching, right? The the confidence, the emotional intelligence aspect of it. it remind, do you remember that clip a few years ago of uh, Steve Kerr talking to Steph Curry and just like reassuring him? Yes. And it's freaking Steve Curry. It, it, it's Steph Curry, rather. So right. it's just like what? But I, that was so, um, I don't know, that really got to me. And when I watch Tua talking about how he thought he sucked until Mike McDaniel came along, if that's not amazing coaching, like what is? Yeah, I know. If, uh, did you hear you know the one referring? that came out today of him talking about how Mike Mateo was going to go, I YouTube you and your technique was trash. Did you see really? that one? No, I haven't seen that yeah, yet. Yeah, that's a new one from yesterday. Yeah, well, you're referring to my uh, my colleague from uh, NFL Network for, for so many years now on CBS. Aditi yes. Kinkabwala had a sideline report during the Dolphins-Texans game saying that Tua told her and the rest of the broadcast team in their, in their pre-broadcast meeting that Tua said half the time last year, many times he looked in the mirror saying, do I suck? And um, and McDaniel came in and not only told him, by the way, you don't, yeah. but he had 700 plays of Tua. He put together a video of wow. 700 Tua snaps to show him why he does not suck. And that's part of the coaching that I think you're bringing to bear right here. And then, you know, I just, look, we, I, I just love the guy just from his sense of humor aspect. I mean, we, we gave him three coaching cliches that we <laughs> wanted him to use in his, in his press conferences this fall. He goes, not only will I do it, I'll do it at the combine. And then he did it. <laughs> so you had fun. In that. And I'm, so you think to yourself, okay, what's going to happen though when adversity hits? How are you yeah. going to handle that? Obviously the whole concussion stuff with Tua was definitely a, a very uh, difficult period. Yeah. To watch him navigate that and negotiate that, some of his answers were a little bit Agree. lacking, yeah. to say the least. Totally. Um, but two is now back, and that is not an issue that we're either focusing on or is an issue, period, anymore. I just love his demeanor during the games. The the, the NFL films picked him up, um, you know, um, uh, I saying to Justin Fields, stop. <laughs> I know, that was really funny. You know, when Justin Fields was running all over him, stop. <laughs> and then he was asked during the press conference the next, you know, a few days later, he's like, what, what What were you doing telling him to stop? Because I just figured I'd just ask nicely, you know? 
<laughs> it's just like this is a guy who's taken Don Shula's seat, you know, many times removed. It really is amazing to see. But then the other thing too, and for Coach of the Year award, Mina Kimes here is um, is also. Why wouldn't if Mahomes is the clear MVP, right? Yeah. Would he be your MVP through twelve? He is, yeah. Okay, he's he's ours too. We went through the the process yesterday Ooh. with a ranked choice voting and things like that. Oh, wow, he was first place in all three of our ballots here. Reluctantly. So if if Mahomes <laughs> is the MVP of this league, mm. and he is MVP, and the part of the reason is despite Tyreek Hill is gone, and look yeah. at how the offense still is amazing. Why isn't Andy Reid getting the? That run I, I, just because he's yeah. Andy Reid and he's been he's yes. been there for twenty years You're, and that's that it's, that's it TLDR yes but I, I have been I said this on our show a few times like I actually think this is one of Andy Reid's finest seasons as yeah. a coach um, it's one of his most creative seasons play calling like what the Chiefs do with their use of tight ends now and, and throwing out a heavy person on running out of light and just constantly dictating to defenses is to me so impressive and so hard to stop and that is Reed and Bienemy. like it is I, I, it's so incredible but I think you're right because he's been a coach for so long and because we've celebrated him for so long we're probably going to take it for granted I mean coach of the year is like I said it, it's it's the new guy right pretty much every year I mean not always the new guy but it's the breakout it, it, well, it really Sirianni could be considered that too right I mean I know that this isn't his first year but he what he yeah. has done with this offense and then just he, he I didn't know he was so mouthy and chesty, you know, <laughs> yeah. like he talks with his chest Impressive. and he's like barking at fans. He and is chesty. You know, yeah. and he, you could see, you know, I mean, don't read his lips sometimes. Uh, and Philly fans dig that. Oh, he I mean, dig it. I mean, I didn't see this. Remember his first press conference in Philadelphia? Yeah. And we're just like, oh, who God, is, who, who is, is this guy? guy? Why yeah. was he hired? Yeah. Can he talk to the media? Oh, Yeah. He can. He I plays mean, to them, the fan base, oh, a lot, pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> does he ever? And Philly fans have eaten it up. And why not? Yeah. I mean, and Hertz is is that spectacular? Um, okay. Um, so who's on your pod this week? Let's let's give your pod a little run here. Uh, yeah. So I have Dominique Foxworth now every Tuesday, right? Which is really fun. And um, this week we picked. Actually, we do we do. A Monday night recap. We talked a bit about Kenny Pickett, how we were impressed by him. He's really good, huh? I, I was really impressed. Like I By the I, way, you just went higher register. You know, here on the show when you go higher register, you sometimes have to do that to believe what you're saying. So be careful. Oh my god. In this spot. You know, he's yeah. pretty good. Like he's pretty good. Like we heard that. But you do believe he's pretty good. No, you call you're right. <laughs> I I kinda believe. Sure. I you just nailed it. Yeah, I, you gotta go I, I backed off that mid take. <laughs> you totally got me. I think he's pretty good. That's it. And we said the same thing yesterday, though. He's not bad. He's better. He's better than I expected, and yeah. most importantly, he's getting the ball out quickly, which I didn't think he was going to be able to and do. He's getting the reps. I mean, who else is? Who else from this rookie class, Nobody. the quarterback class, getting the reps? I gotta say, the two yeah. gloves still bothers me. Why? Yeah. Kurt Warner was a two glove guy. He got the baby hands. Oh, right? no, it's oh weird. Yeah. boy! I, it's weird. I don't think he's fumbled a lot though. In the well, NFL. the gloves are sticky. That's why. Well, <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a story that's amounted to nothing? Is his hands size? Right? Ah, have we seen him play in like inclement weather though? It's no. December, Rich. Let's yeah, keep an eye on that one. Okay. On that. Keep an eye on the small hand, <laughs> hand story watch. from February. Yeah. That's right. We're <laughs> sleeping on the small hand story. Yeah. All right, so that's what you're talking about on your pod, the Minicom yeah. show. Do I say it's in the pod center? Is that the way it goes? Pod center? I always say wherever you get your pods because okay. I can't say the word podcasts. Yeah, okay. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah. where you get your pods. It's hard to say. I'm in the pod center because I did Schefter's podcast. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Adam had me on to, to, to do the whole Michigan thing. 
Oh, that's good. All oh, right, you guys have that. I've known Connection. I've known yeah. him since the late '80s, Adam <gasps> Schefter. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I could tell you stories, but I won't. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> Actually, you never know. Uh, thank you for coming on, Mina. This is uh, delightful once again, just like the last time you were here. And keep uh, looking for my phone call if you don't mind. Chiefs Niners. That's it. We're going to revisit that. Okay, so you took the Chiefs, I took the Niners. It's the kiss of death, actually, with these two. That's the problem. Them, we so. cancel each other out, and it's going to be Bills <laughs> Bucks know. anyway. I don't. I was going to say, you should have stuck with Bills Bucks. I didn't hear Cowboys get mentioned in there, but. Uh, you know. What is I your register? Uh huh. I register on Cowboys. You got one more segment? I'm high on the cow. Yeah. Okay, let's take one more break. She said that higher register. Yeah. I'm high on them. No, she's just like, no, I could stay. We'll talk about the Cowboys when we come right back. Hour number three on the other side. Patrick Peterson Peterson. of the Vikings will join us. Playing so well. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, I guess a bonus segment here with Mina Kimes, kind enough to stick around here to talk Dallas Cowboys. T.J. Jefferson was wondering where the Cowboys stand in your pecking order. They stand where? Where do not? I mean, there's. I would have them in the top five, uh, with the Niners and the Eagles. I actually think all three of those teams are pretty equal, honestly, and and I think they're equal because. Um, I, I talked about this earlier. I don't think the Cowboys are a good matchup for the Eagles this next time around. I, we talk a lot about the Eagles running game and obviously the the quarterback and what he does for them and how great that offensive line is. Right. The Cowboys arguably have the second best rushing attack in the NFL. I'm I'm a big Pollard guy. And, Huge. Oh, oh my god. But the, you know when. Um, Zeke was out and Pollard had that big game. You mm-hmm. also saw the other backup running backs just going off. It, 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 the offensive line, the way the scheme has evolved a little bit, um, Kellen Moore and how he has approached the run, it, it's really, really hard to stop. Especially and I think, since Tyron Smith's injury was supposed to be the end of it. And it wasn't. It hasn't I, I thought the offensive line was going to be such an issue for the Cowboys at the not beginning much. of the season, and it has Everybody not been did. an issue at all. And one would think Micah Parsons, who says, oh call me a lion, um, if he is the lion, uh, it, it, with Matt Ryan standing back there, it, it could be a National Geographic documentary. <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, God, that Colts offensive line against the Cowboys pass rush. So bad. <laughs> and, Matt, and Matt, you know, God bless, God watching bless. him try to escape. That's what, How the hell did the Raiders let him run for 40 yards? What the hell was that? About? He had a 20-yard run on Monday. I don't even want to talk about it. 
Well, it should it needed to be 21 before <laughs> yeah. he dove, right? Yeah. That that's one of the the tape of, I forgot who the Raiders linebacker was watching that I'm like oh, oh, you can't be in a meeting room that week watching, watching Matt Ryan, Ryan go I mean no. it's like 20 yards is enough but then it's just he keeps running it's like is somebody going to tackle this guy he looked like the yodeler on 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 so Price is Right just slowly going up just keep on yodeling I think you would beat him Rich you probably but, yeah I, that's this yeah, thank you very much I appreciate that uh, it sounds like a, it's just a brutal matchup uh, for oh yeah, on and the night. Cowboys. De- I mean, the Cowboys defense. Like we talk a lot about Micah Parsons, but I they're probably one of my favorite units to watch every mm-hmm. week because Dan Quinn varies up the game plan, um, what they do in terms of disguise on the back end, their simulated pressures on the front end, the games that they run. Mm-hmm. It's really creative. Which, by the way, I, I I didn't think Dan Quinn was going to make this kind of evolution at this point in his career. It's so fun to watch. I feel like the only thing holding people back from believing in the Cowboys is that they're the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Well, I mean... <laughs> no, but like, the, when you really get into the nuts and the bolts of the team and you start looking at the matchups, they're so good. And they match up so well with so many of the other teams in the NFC. Well, the reason why you offended uh, TJ is he still, when you think of the Cowboys, he still thinks of the 90s. And the yeah. rest of the I United States. I had a lot States. of good years back then. I know, but, the, but that's why, you know... Again, the way that the season ended last year is is still something right, that just screams at you. But we haven't seen a lot of those moments this year at all. Dak I'm, needed that last year. Just like Jordan had to get beat up by the Pistons to take the next Oh, level. really? He needed that that time clock management. Wow. Uh, did the, Niners, did the Niners not shake their hands at the end? Is that what it was? Well, you know, I just hope that he uses that to elevate him to the next level. It's something I got to believe in, man, just to help me. Do you get believe it? Do you believe in Dak Mina? Because was it Lashawn McCoy or whoever was going after him on it was Twitter McCoy. saying I don't know. he wasn't the yeah, guy? Yeah, no, um, I do. I think he's playing really good football right now. Every now and then, he kind of forces it a little bit, uh, which he shouldn't. Like this offense again is so. Um, it, everything, the pieces around him are so good, and we'll see if they sign OBJ, but. He doesn't need to force some of those throws. Now, I will say a lot of the interceptions this year have not been his fault, actually. It's been the receivers in certain cases. Um, but I, he's playing at a really high level right now, and I do believe in him. The practice window for James Washington just opened up, too. Yep. So there's some, there, are some, um, there are some reinforcements, potentially even Odell, too. Look, oh, and the whole buddy. thing, the, the reason why Dad, by the way, Shady is a flamethrower, huh? In his uh, in his uh, media taker. business, yeah, I know he's a hot yeah, taker. Yeah. Um, that that um, uh, the whole idea was just like when Dak comes back, Cooper Rush just showed you the offense doesn't need to have a 400 yard passing game, doesn't need to, and he hasn't delivered it, and he hasn't forced it either. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, he also can run. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, I, I have no concerns but about that. That was Dak a huge Prescott. issue for him last year. If you're a Cowboys fan, you might have had the same frustration watching him that I did, which was it felt like when he came back from the injury, he wouldn't take off at times when mm-hmm. he had those opportunities. They weren't using him in the boot game as much in the option game because he can run. You're right, and I feel like that's something that the Cowboys could tap into even more. Yeah, culture. So if yeah. so th- that would be huge because we're assuming that this is a win for the Cowboys. And the Eagles have <laughs> the Eagles have to, as Mike Vrabel famously said on this program, uh, take your heart pills and buckle up. Um, that's going to be just a Donnybrook man. The AJ Brown Bowl um, right. coming up between the the Eagles and Tennessee. Oh, that's right. So if yeah, if if this is a, a Tennessee victory, 
that means the Cowboys get that one game closer that they need before that Christmas Ooh. rematch that you're saying is a worse matchup for Philadelphia this time around. Oh, it's such a good game. It oh is. Week 13 is, is quite scrumptious. And it starts on Thursday night with uh, the Bills going out at Buffalo versus Belichick. Can't wait. Thanks for coming on here, Mina Kimes. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Absolutely. Hour number three, uh, we will talk uh, about um, uh, Christian Pulisic and his, if you will, fortitude. (laughs) Um, And then Patrick Peterson of the Vikings and my power rankings coming up here in hour number three.